A reading from the book of the prophet Malachi. Thus says the Lord God, Lo, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And suddenly there will come to the temple the Lord whom you seek, and the messenger of the covenant whom you desire. Yes, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who will endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like the refiner's fire, or like the fuller's lie. He will sit refining and purifying silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, refining them like gold or like silver, that they may offer due sacrifice to the Lord. Then the sacrifice of Judah and Jerusalem will please the Lord, as in the days of old, as in years gone by. Verum Domini.
A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Since the children share in blood and flesh, Jesus likewise shared in them, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who through fear of death had been subject to slavery all their life. Surely he did not help angels, but rather the, the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every way, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest before God to expiate the sins of, his, of the people. Because he himself was tested through what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. Verbum Domini. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens a womb shall be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, 
and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Israel, of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Verbum Domini. First of all, I want to thank everyone for their kind uh, sentiments and prayers and masses offered for my dear mother Rose, who passed away uh, earlier this month. And uh, in the funeral homily that I gave at my mother's funeral, I talked about how God's providence is awesome that both my father and mother's deaths were unexpected and I was 800 miles away, and yet I was with both of them the last week of their life as I was with my mother. And it was during the Christmas season, and so we were driving around looking at Christmas lights and singing Christmas carols together. We got back to her house, and I found the old choir folder that she had. She loved to sing in the choir. She loved to sing the praises of the Lord, and so I played some of those uh, hymns that she loved on the piano, and uh, she was singing there at my side too, so happy memories. And, uh, but I did make one mistake. It had snowed a little bit during that week, and I told my mother, you know, I like snow. I like seeing the snow. And she, she replied, well, that's because you don't have to shovel it. Well, the week we had scheduled her funeral, we had that week 20 inches of snow 
40 mile an hour winds and minus 40 below wind chill. My mother had a sense of humor. I think the Lord does too. And so she uh, gave me the opportunity through the Lord's uh, sense of humor too, I think, to shovel snow several times during that week. We had to postpone her funeral, in fact, till the following week. But just one word about uh, a story about my mother is that she um, always was surrounded, she was always in the, the church as far as preparing for the Mass. And she was part of the Altar and Rosary Society at St. Paul's and Worthington and would go to clean the church. And for 25 years in Cascade, she was a sacristan. And she kept the vestments and the vessels and the church spotless. She would walk over there two, three times a day if there was a funeral or a, a, um, a wedding to straighten up, tidy up a bit, and have it as a fitting place for the Eucharist. And the last uh, three years of her life, my dad passed away three years ago, she had three different types of really uh, difficult sufferings in her life. She had chronic pain, and sometimes she would say, I can hardly walk because of the pain that she experienced from spinal stenosis. She deeply grieved the loss of my father. They had been married for 63 years. And then she had lost much of her short-term memory, so she is often confused about what was going on. But when I was home and I would celebrate Mass there at her home, she really wasn't able to get out to Mass uh, very, very infrequently. And we'd have a short time of adoration. And it was one of the times that I would see her smile. And we would be there before the Blessed Sacrament. And I would just kind of marvel because she had her little prayer book. And she would pray. And she looked toward the monstrance to our Lord in the Eucharist. And she had this beautiful smile. And I would just kind of watch secretly and marvel at that every time that it happened. Because the Lord really is the light of our life. Even in the pain and suffering that we can have in a variety of ways, he really is the light and consolation that we celebrate today. And he certainly was for her. And he remains so for us. In today's introduction, I especially wanted to comment on that, that I said at the at back of the church. It talks about how Simeon and Anna were prompted by the Holy Spirit to come to the temple. And prompted by the same Spirit, they recognized the Christ, the one who was to come, the one they longed for, the long, one they waited for. So the Holy Spirit's working, prompting them to be in the temple at that place, at that time. But then when they actually see the child Jesus in the arms of Joseph and Mary, the Holy Spirit also helps them to recognize the fulfillment of their longing, their desire. And so the introduction concluded, they recognized the Lord, 
and confessed it with exultation. And so let us also, gathered by the Holy Spirit, gathered by the Holy Spirit, we are here. You are with us through television. Proceed to the house of God, that if we had the room and the space and cameras, we would have had a procession with our candles coming here, processing here, carrying that light to encounter Christ. There we shall find him and recognize him in the breaking of the bread. So we don't have to say, oh, if I could have been Simeon or Anna and I could have actually seen and encountered Christ. No, we do. In fact, Father Gallagher, in his book on the biblical way of praying the Mass, he says that when we're coming to Mass and we've driven here in our cars or we're walking or others are coming together, we should think of Simeon that morning. And that that morning, he knows something is different. He's been longing, he's been waiting, that he wants to see the Christ before he dies. And that we should have those same kind of sentiments when we're coming to the church, when we're coming to Mass. And we're going to, like Simeon, encounter the Lord present in the breaking of the bread in the Holy Eucharist. What a beautiful way, a sentiment to cultivate in our hearts whenever we're coming to Mass. I want to be like Simeon. And I'm going to encounter the Lord too. And we do. That's what my mother experienced. That's what we all experience. That's what the Lord wants all of you to experience if you haven't experienced that encounter with the risen Lord and the breaking of the bread. And of course, I especially saw today's second reading significant in light of my mother's passing from the letter to the Hebrews. And of course, I got to meet and see relatives I haven't seen for decades, and we would share old stories. We had this blood kinship. But the Son of God became one with us in the most radical way possible, the letter to the Hebrews said. He became our kin. He took on flesh and blood too. So we heard, since the children, that's all of those who are believers in Christ, since the children share in blood and flesh, this is the means of our kinship that I have with my different relatives on my mother's side, my father's side, since the children share in blood and flesh, Jesus likewise shared in them. So he's speaking here in the letter to the Hebrews of the incarnation. He actually took on his flesh and blood. He became kin of us. He became a blood relative. That through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who through fear of death have been subject to slavery all their life. Sometimes we don't even realize that fear of death is motivating us. As we get older, as our abilities diminish, our attractiveness diminishes, and all of those things we let go of, we have health difficulties, 
in the background is often we're realizing our mortality. We're here for a short time. But the letter to the Hebrews is pointing out to us that because Christ became a blood relative to us, he took on flesh and blood, the incarnation, and he destroyed death by his own death. And why did he do it? Earlier in this letter, chapter 2, verse 10, it was fitting that he, for whom and through him all things exist, in bringing many children to glory. He wanted to bring his children to glory. That we who, because of the sin of our first parents and the death that awaits us all, that God wanted to conquer that reality to bring us to glory. In fact, Jesus and St. Paul both speak of death as falling asleep. So Jesus would say, our friend Lazarus is asleep. And the apostles didn't understand. He said, well, he died. St. Paul says that we who are alive when the Lord comes again will have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. And one of the church fathers says that it's easier for the Lord to raise the dead than it is for us to rouse somebody who's sleeping. So the Lord and St. Paul are both speaking about it's a transition, this falling asleep, that he has destined his children for glory. He's accomplished that by becoming our blood relative. That is the good news that we celebrate. The word became flesh. We've been enlightened by his light. And like Simeon, every time we come into the church, we too will recognize him by the Holy Spirit who prompts us to come, who prompts us to be able to recognize his presence in his word and in the Holy Eucharist. That's the great consolation of our lives. That's what gave my mother, even in her different types of sufferings that she endured, especially the last three, three years of her life, brought this radiant smile to her face, this heart-to-heart -heart that we're to have with the Lord, that he wants for us. He became one with us so that we might become one with him in this life already and eternally in glory.